to another EverStory short. We talk a lot about neighboring as a church, and we shared this with the church body uh, several weeks ago, and it was a little piece on neighboring. Uh, What we couldn't show in church, though, was the story that inspired uh, the talk about neighboring. It's a story about two men, uh, Tony and Carl. And I want you to first, before we talk about it, to imagine a place. And I want you to imagine that place that you call home. And fill that place up with people called a neighborhood. And what that neighborhood looks like is up to you. It could be an apartment, a suburb, a small town, big city, doesn't matter. Just imagine it for a second. And while you're thinking, do you know the people in that neighborhood? And like most people, you probably imagine a home with streets and parks and trees and a collection of strangers. But do you know their names? Do you know their stories? And so this is a story about Tony and Carl. And Tony shared a story with me about an encounter with one of his neighbors. And you might know a story like this as well. You may live in a neighborhood like this. Every few days, Tony sees a man walking to the mailbox. He's an older gentleman who lives in the corner lot. He's got this huge American flag, perfectly white shutters, manicured garden bed. From time to time, they nod. They say hello. This is rare, though, because Tony is typically distracted by the world on his phone. And that's something I think we can all relate to. This near-miss encounter goes on for years. Tony says that he often thinks about starting a conversation, but he describes this predictably busy, important life. He's always in a hurry, never wants that breach, that veil between acknowledging someone and then actually creating a friendship. And I think we all know this hesitation. Do we really want to get involved? Do we have time for another friend? I've got kids at home. Everything is busy. I work all the time. Won't it be embarrassing to speak to a stranger? That's hard for people, just walking up to someone you don't know Are they going to think you're sketchy? Is it going to be difficult? Am I going to like the person? Are they going to like me? Well, one day, the older man drops his mail, and Tony looks over his phone at the sort of inconvenient pile spread out over his feet, and he sighs, and he reaches down to pick up the envelopes. He's got to kind of do his duty, check a box. As he balances his phone in one hand and collates envelopes in the other, he notices that every piece of mail is addressed to a woman named Katie. Well, he's never seen another woman. He's never seen her in the yard or at the mailbox. This must be your wife, Tony said. The old man hesitates and goes, yeah, that's my Katie. And Tony listens and he introduces himself as Carl, his neighbor down the street. And he thinks to himself, after all these years, his name is Carl. How did I not know that? Well, Carl began telling him the story of her short illness under the umbrella of a fantastically beautiful story about their 56-year-old marriage, how they met on a Greyhound bus days after returning from Vietnam, their many children, his long career as an accountant. And as it soon began, however, he describes the day she passed. She passed away at their home four years ago. And Tony thinks to himself again, we just moved into the neighborhood four years ago. How did I miss this? Well, Carl continues talking about having few friends in this sprawling neighborhood strategically designed for young families. So he walks an intentional path around the neighborhood, winding around several blocks up the street, near the swimming pool, and back down the hill toward the mailboxes. He's observant, but he doesn't speak to anyone. Because as Carl says, as a neighbor, you know, I'm kind of an oddity, like this funny appliance you find at an antique store. Young people think it's an interesting novelty, 
but they wouldn't know what to do with it if they brought it home. Tony listens, and he's put his phone away now. And he knows more about Carl in five minutes than he did in four years. You know this story. Even if you don't know Tony and Carl in any given neighborhood, we know one neighbor really well. And 20% of us know a few. You see, as Christians, we're missing the big picture. You see, Jesus never says that our now-and-then role is to be good neighbors. In fact, he says that our greatest, most important commandment is to love our neighbors as ourselves, And we do this by seeing him with love in the heart of everyone we meet. So I, I keep thinking to myself, what's the problem? Why are we becoming more unwilling to reach out to the people that most need us? And I think simply, our lives are becoming just isolated, self-centered. As the opportunity for this distraction on our devices increases, our capacity for neighboring decreases. In fact, we're becoming more important than our neighbors. And we might wonder about the people down the street, the Carls of the neighborhood, but do we present ourselves as a neighbor ready to love? And probably not. The good news is there are lots of things you can do. So let's talk about a few of those. First, be intentional. Say hello to someone new. Say hello and find interest in their story. Invite them for a cup of coffee. Invite them for a cup of coffee. It's amazing how many great relationships have led to a transformation that started with something as simple as coffee. Remember that where you live, you live in the mission field where God wants you to be. That's right. Your neighborhood is a mission field. Start there. Care for each other. And do this by sharing a meal when your lonely neighbors least expect it. And if we're honest with each other, we know who they are. And for that matter, invite your block to a barbecue on the driveway. Those relationships will thrive over time. This is a difficult one. Have grace. Have grace for the difficult neighbor. The neighbor who hasn't cut their grass. They parked in front of your house. Or maybe they painted their house pink. Have grace for the neighbor with the crying child, the barking dog. Remember that Jesus asked us to see him in the least of us. Everyone is worthy of our love. Finally, pray for someone. Pray for someone when they need it. And if they're not ready for prayer, start with that cup of coffee that we talked about at the beginning. There's nothing more neighborly than a cup of coffee and a few minutes of your time. Just do something once and watch what happens. We will change the face of neighborhoods as we know them. Okay, now think back. Remember that place you imagined earlier? Once you close your eyes and imagine that place again, imagine those faces in your neighborhood. Once they were strangers and now they've become friends families, caregivers, prayer warriors, and they're waiting for you right now, right across the street. And all you need to do is take a step toward them and say hello. is a production of Doxology Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If this is your first time listening, make sure and hit subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doxology Bible. Want to share your story of transformation? Message us on Facebook or email us at stories at doxology.church. 